My subject for this video is when is called when in education becomes indoctrination. But really I kind of want to revisit some of the some of the same themes that I've talked about before, expand on them and uh, and add add to the discussion. Um, and, and really the history of why our education system has become an indoctrination system. And there's a lot to say about that. I don't wanna go on for hours and hours. So I'm just kind of hitting on little bits and pieces of this whole picture so that I don't overwhelm people because uh, there's a lot to know about that. So the point is that there's just a ton of acrimony out there. You have these, <laughs> You have parents going to the school board meetings because they, they saw what was being taught to their kid in you know, the online programs that the districts had to, had to come up with when COVID hit. And they, they were just really shocked. And the transgender policies that um, resulted in kids being assaulted in bathrooms and you know, Loudoun County, um, if you want to do a little research, if you haven't been keeping up on that whole thing, you'll be amazed at what's been going on in Loudoun County. But it's really been going on all over the country for parents who are paying any attention to what's going on in the schools. So all this acrimony, you know, is, is just creating more and more tribalism, as I've mentioned before. Of course, none of this is really new. I mean, I remember when I was in like the fourth grade, I think fourth, fourth and fifth grade, I think it's early seventies when we were going through Watergate. And um, I remember arguing quite vehemently with some of my classmates about the, you know, the political goings on of, of Watergate. And we didn't know what we were talking about. You know, we were just parroting what our parents, what we're hearing at home. Um, but, uh, because, you know, honestly, what, what can a school age child really understand about such complicated matters as Watergate? For that matter, what adult can really understand what's going on? I mean, honestly, does anybody really understand what's going on with Ukraine and Russia right now? I mean, it's just, it's, there's just gotta be a ton going on behind the scenes that we don't understand. And if, if you think it's cut and dried, uh, I, I don't think you're paying attention to all the intrigues and things going on. So, you know, talking about Watergate or the Ukraine-Russia war is just, it just makes my point. The world is complicated and it can't be boiled down into a, you know, a 30 second soundbite. Politics are complicated. Social issues are complicated. Okay, so all the acrimony that we're seeing, you know, we, we, we can't turn to Greta 
whatever her name is, Thunberg, to solve this problem. It's just not that simple. What's going on in our schools is a perfect example of what, what we can, you know, what we can point to as something that is just kind of beyond what we on an individual basis could deal with. Our children cannot be expected to grasp complicated issues like social, like uh, global warming, man-made global warming, um, transgenderism, uh, you know, alternative lifestyles. Or the resurgence of, you know, racial tensions because of CRT or religion shaming, defund the police, Black Lives Matter. Okay, all this stuff, it just beats our kids down. It's just beating them down into, into causing them to lose their innocence. It's just, it's maddening. And, and I hate it. I hate the fact that our kids just don't even have a childhood anymore. We have kids that are still, that, that for two years had to wear a mask and they don't know how to take the thing off now. It's just insidiously dangerous. So the question is, when did all this politicization, which causes indoctrination happen? When, when did it start? Well, it really started back in, in, in a previous video. I said it was 1840, it was 1852. I looked it up, 1852, not good at remembering years and numbers was when the first compulsory education laws were, were passed in Massachusetts. And the reason that compulsory education laws happened was because we were having a huge influx of immigrants. And there was this fear that if we didn't get the kids into school and indoctrinate them with American values, whatever the powers that be decided that was at the time, then we were going to have this unruly mishmash of cultures that didn't integrate and, and didn't form a cohesive body of uh, you know, population. And so they passed these laws and in Massachusetts, it was at, they literally at gunpoint took children away from their parents and put them in school. It, it really actually, happened in a place like that. So that's how schools became politicized and people put up with it. People allowed it to happen. By 1920, every state had adopted compulsory education laws. In fact, uh, they didn't even allow for private schools until 1922. And interestingly enough, here in Oregon was the first Supreme Court case of uh, that ruled in favor uh, of letting people 
established private schools and put their children in public uh, in private schools as opposed to the public schools as long as they were um, abiding by compulsory education laws. Where, what was happening prior to 1852? Well, you might be surprised to learn that we were much more literate <laughs> prior to compulsory education. We were much more literate. And it's because each parent either taught their children themselves or they hired a teacher with other community members and kept a, kept a, a really close eye on those teachers and made sure that those teachers were teaching what they wanted them to teach and in a way that they wanted them to teach. So we had a very high literacy rate prior to compulsory education laws. I mean, it was, it was way up there. And it's not that people could just read, but they could read difficult things. Um, the 1828 Webster's Dictionary is like, it's like this, this thick. It's, it's so thick you can barely pick it up compared to our little dictionary that we have today. And that's because we had, um, we've lost uh, a great deal of our language, which you'd never know if you didn't study that. So politics and compulsory education have formed an, an unholy alliance, right? It has given power to a group of elitists and do-gooders uh, who make a lot of money off of the public. And how do they do this? They do this through forced union dues. They do this through um, the adoption, the constantly evolving adoption of different curriculums uh, that school districts have to buy. And the, the latest has been Common Core, but there's always a revolving door of, of uh, curriculum. My mother used to complain about it all the time because she had she had a curriculum that she used for many, many years in her special reading uh, classes and tutoring sessions that she had with her students that worked perfect. It just, every child learned to read with this um, open court method that she had been taught early on in her career. And they were always trying to push a new curriculum on her. Now, this is better, you know, try this, try this. And she'd say, no, I, I have my system. I, it works. This is the system that I that I use in it, I can teach any child to read with the system. But the most insidiously bad thing that compulsory education laws do is they undercut the authority of the parents. And I wish I had time to go into all the articles that I've read. Uh, I just read one this morning and it was about a, uh, a mother that has um, become very vocal about the fact that her daughter um, committed suicide uh, because she was never told early on that her that her daughter was um, considering changing her gender. She was she had been convinced by the school, by the school counselor in, in particular, that that she was this daughter that she was um, a transgender, and without telling the school. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, without the school telling the mother, they put her into clubs, they got, they um, encouraged her transgenderism, and they actually told her, her to not talk to her mother about it. And when she was 16, she was told to move out of the house uh, because uh, her mother uh, was never going to support her. And her mother was not not supporting her. Her mother was questioning why this was going on without her 
without her knowledge. And she was, um, she was fighting against the, the school taking that parental authority away from her. Uh, it wasn't that she wasn't being supportive of her daughter, but by the time her daughter was 20, she had, uh, she committed suicide because she wasn't getting the help and support from her family that she could have had, had she been in the home um, and not been told by the school to move out. And there's a lot more to this story, obviously, that I can't go into right now, but or I could, but I'm not going to spend the time at it. Um, but this is just going on, you know, a kid has to, a kid can't take an aspirin at home unless they call the parents, but they could change genders. <laughs> it's insane. It's just crazy what's going on. And that's the worst part about compulsory education is that they are in a place where elitists feel that they are, they know better than the parents. It's undercutting parental authority and it's been doing that for many, many decades. So, so it really is time to end it. And as a model, compulsory education has, it, it has failed. It is just look at the statistics, look at the dropout rate, look at the, uh, you know, if, if you were a college English professor, college math, just, just look at, just look at what kids are writing these days. My niece was, uh, she was uh, a teacher in a master's program not too long ago and just wanted to tear her hair out all the time because she, the, the papers were incoherent and this was a master's program. Uh, there's no preparation going on for higher learning. In, in the public schools, a tiny percentage of kids that would that would succeed anyway are succeeding. The rest of them are just limping along, and they're being they're being pushed through the conveyor belt system without truly being prepared. Compulsory education has been a failure in every society that it has, has ever adopted it, unless the objective was to train good little factory workers, uh, civil servants who could, who could do a, a certain job, a narrowly defined job, or obedient soldiers. In, in that society, which is an 18th century society, by the way, um, that, that kind of compulsory education works. We're in the 21st century. <laughs> it's, it's the information age. Kids can learn anything they want uh, from YouTube, okay? We, we can all go and, and just learn anything we want anytime. You don't think that that is causing a disconnect with our kids, that that's causing a dissonance? Um, they, they know they can learn elsewhere, but they're trying to conform. They're trying to be made to conform to something that just doesn't work anymore. It's just outdated. Theoretically, it sounds good, but it isn't good anymore. Just look at it for what it is. This kind of indoctrination crap is just, it's just stymieing our children's intellectual growth and as a result of the progress of our society. It's just hours wasted, hours and hours wasted, years of their time, our time when they could be really 
finding meaning in their lives. In my opinion, this next generation has to be set free. We have to stop allowing the social scientists to rule the day and telling us and telling our kids what they need to learn, how they need to learn it. This just needs to end. Largely, it just needs to end. Our kids are not going to understand the complexities of this world unless they are given the tools to do that. They cannot be fed little sound bites, little, you know, fear-mongering stories about the dying polar bears or, you know, how bad Donald Trump is or how wonderful Obama is and understand the complexity that is in the world today. It's simply indoctrination that will not lead to either unity in our society or meaningful learning. That's my humble opinion, and I'm sticking with it.